Yeah, well, the first shock was getting there and thinking, you know, like, oh, I went to Georgia Tech, like I'm a, I'm a big deal. And you play with these guys from that went D2, D3, and these guys can just play. I mean, it's incredible. It doesn't matter where you went. Like, guys are just really good at golf now from all over, no matter, like, if they were good junior or good in college. Like, they've just learned how to play, and that's kind of the first realization is, like, wow, like, everyone's really good. Hello and welcome to the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, Vince Drummond. Really excited to bring you guys this week's episode. We interview Vincent Whaley. Vincent is a web.com tour rookie in 2019. Uh, He has a second place finish and another top 10 already to his name. He currently sits 11th in the top 25 standings. uh, And he was also a two-time NCAA All-American at Georgia Tech. So we get into a lot of fun topics today. We talk about Georgia Tech and some of the bonds that he built while he was there. We talk about his life so far on the web.com tour, as well as some of his past experiences on the All-Pro Tour. So without any further ado, let's get right into this week's episode of Making the Turn with guest Vincent Whaley. Hats forward, headphones on, let's go! Hello and welcome back to the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, Vince Drummond. Really excited to have Vincent Whaley with us today. Vincent is a web.com tour player. Uh, and uh, was also a collegiate golfer at Georgia Tech. So thank you so much for joining us today, Vincent. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. We're looking forward to it, too. Uh, Before we get started, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about your story and kind of your history with golf, how you got started in the game, and how you wound up where you're at now. Yeah, so my uh, I was born in Lexington, Kentucky, and we moved to West Palm Beach, Florida when I was young. And my parents basically just signed me up for a golf camp, one of those junior golf camps, and kind of just fell in love with it. And it's kind of how it all started and went to move to Dallas afterwards and then just kept playing and had like a great high school team with a bunch of good players and a bunch of young guys in the area were always really good. So I just kept going with it. That's awesome. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of your college, obviously going to Georgia Tech, huge golf school, uh, big alumni base and community. But how did you wind up getting there? We talk a lot on the podcast. Uh, about junior golf and the college recruiting process and those type of things. So talk just a little bit about your recruiting process and how you kind of wound up at Georgia Tech. Yeah, so I, uh, I, you know, I did the AJGA circuit, like I'm sure 99% of all the players. And I played the polo over in Florida. And I grew up a huge Florida Gator fan. So I went and visited all that. And then on the way home, I got an email from the Georgia Tech coach. He's like, hey, why don't you stop by to see what you think? Because we had drove from uh, Dallas over to Florida. So I literally just stopped in, never knew anything about Georgia Tech, and they showed me East Lake and the Golf Club of Georgia and all these places, and I kind of just fell in love with it and thought, you know, I'll keep, keep, it in the, keep it in the horizon, and just, you know, one thing led to another and ended up here. That's awesome. Um, and talk a little bit about Coach Hepler, obviously one of the, the greats in college golf when it comes to coaching. Uh, maybe just some of the things you've learned from him or some of the things that you've kept with you, or maybe just a, a story that kind of talks about the, the type of coach that he is. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a player's coach through and through. He really, he's really passionate about the team and all that kind of stuff. And He's just, he's built just such a good system here from like the strength and conditioning coaches to the, just everyone kind of around the team is just, they've been established, they've been here a long time and there's just kind of this confidence about it. And, you know, he's had so many players that have made it through that he just kind of earns this respect without, you know, really knowing why, but you get in and 
it's just, it's qualifying all the time. You know, nothing's given to anyone. I remember when I got here, you know, I'd be at all these great players and we all, uh, it didn't matter. I was in the qualifier with them, you know, it's six rounds. If I was one of the top five guys, I got to go, even though I was a, you know, a terrible freshman that hadn't done anything in the last year, but I still had that opportunity. And that's just kind of how he runs his system all the time, no matter kind of who's playing good, he's always going to give guys chances. And I think that's really big because when you get out on the mini tours, you know, it's, it's Q school, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are, you got to go through it. And I think that's why a lot of his players have had such good success. That's awesome. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience over the four years in terms of some of maybe your like personal development side of things. Do you feel like a lot of that came from coach, came from the culture, came from the guys you were surrounded with? What do you kind of attribute a lot of your progression in college to? Yeah, so I, I kind of committed to college like a little younger in like my sophomore year of high school. And I kind of, I kind of just stopped playing a lot of tournaments after that and really wanted to spend time with my friends and enjoy high school. So I came in just really bad, like hadn't played at all and wasn't a good situation. But um, Ollie Schneiderjans was just, he was huge for me. I kind of, kind of just followed him around for two years, just did whatever he did. You know, he got to number one in the world and I was just like, you know, this guy's obviously doing something right. So I just, however he practiced, I practiced. And I literally just followed him around like a little puppy and it kind of rubbed off on me and I learned like what it took to be great. So I think he had one of the biggest impacts on me on kind of anyone here, minus, you know, Bruce and Coach Hepler and uh, the assistant at the time. Awesome. Uh, talk a little bit just about that team atmosphere. I mean, when you, the guys that were on the team, when you're on the team, a lot of those guys are now on PGA Tour and names that people who follow golf know. So just talk a little bit about that team you guys had and, and how special that was and how cool it was to get the chance to learn from players like Ollie and compete against players like Anders and, and some of those other guys. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, qualifying was very difficult. You know, I kind of, right when I got in, I realized how good everyone was and it was just, yeah, I was basically learning from those guys and just seeing what it was like. Um, just watching them play good and handle all the, because, you know, they, they get thrown different things with school and all this stuff, and it's just how they handled all of it. And there was just, there was this confidence, like I said, in the entire program. Like, ever, they knew they were good, and it just kind of rubs off on the rest of the team, and it's, it's kind of a contagious feel. Awesome. Uh, one of the things also that, that comes along with golf, obviously you have the highs and you have some of the, the rough patches as well. I know when you guys were in school, you came close a lot of times, whether it was making it to match play or making it to NCAA finals. You guys seemed like you were right on the cusp there a, a lot of different times. So just talk about how you kind of handled that and, and dealt with that adversity because it's something I think young golfers need to learn as early as possible that it's going to come and you need to have a way to kind of deal with it. Yeah, it's uh, the missing the missing match play at the Nationals by a shot. That was that was one of the hardest things, just because I felt like our team was so good that year. And if we, you know, you should get into match play, anything can happen. But like you said, those things just happen in golf. And it's, I mean, it's just kind of knowing that there's a tournament, you know, two weeks later. That's the only thing that can kind of get you through it because it, it does suck. Like missing Nationals my last year by a shot at Regionals. That was because I played terrible that entire tournament. That was one of the hardest things for me was just getting past that and trying to move on to professional golf after that. But I, you know, I kind of felt like I'd let my whole team down and all that sort of stuff. And it's, uh, it was very difficult, but yeah, like I said, just, just knowing it's just a week of golf and you know anything can happen. It's golf's just such a hard game. It's just, you can't be on all the time and just looking forward to that next week and just trying to, you know, have that confidence, whether you have it or not, just pretending like you do and kind of fake it till you make it.
Definitely. Uh, and then obviously now being a, a professional golfer, how tight is that Georgia Tech bond with both the players that you played with at that time, but also some of the guys who are maybe older than you and have kind of gone through it and, and can help you as you kind of get started on the professional golf journey and, and trying to, to reach the highest level? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a huge help once I turned professionally. I got really close to Roberto Castro, who played here a few years before me and plays on tour now, obviously. But he, um, he, some reason, he just took a liking to me and kind of told me the ropes, helped me. We had a couple sit-down dinners and stuff where he's telling me about Q school and how, like, what it took to make it through there and just a bunch of advice. And I don't think I would have made it through without all his help, to be honest with you. So that's, I mean, that, I guess, connection between all the tech players is big. And I'm still really close to all the guys on the team now. We're, I play up at the Golf Club of Georgia where they're a member at. And, you know, I play with them every day. And it's crazy how good these guys are. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, talk a little bit after graduation. So you're done with Georgia Tech. Um, obviously, rookie on the web.com this year. But talk about those, that year and a half or two years in between. What were you kind of doing? How were you trying to, to kind of get your feet wet in professional golf and prepare yourself for, for getting to that next level? Yeah, so Coach Hepler had always preached to me once I graduated that it was, uh, you know, don't chase the Monday qualifiers, you know, they're, they're so hard. So just go play four round events where you can make some money and try to stay sharp. So I did the APT tour kind of in like the Southeast region, South Central kind of. And I mean, it was, it was incredible. Honestly, the guys out there, I had three guys out there that played on my high school golf team. So I, I knew these guys and it was just, it was a bunch of fun to be honest with you. We got to go stay at these can't afford hotels so you're staying at host houses every week with the same guys but it's just it was a great time and I really enjoyed it and you were able to actually make a little bit of money on that tour so kind of stay afloat so it was it was a really cool experience and one that I'll definitely always remember yeah for sure and and how did you feel like you grew during your time on the mini tours or on the APT tour like what did you feel like you learned there that helped prepare you for getting to Q school and then kind of being able to to jump right in in the web.com season yeah, well, the first shock was getting there and thinking, you know, like, oh, I went to Georgia Tech, like, I'm a, I'm a big deal. And you play with these guys from that went D2, D3, and these guys can just play. I mean, it's incredible. It doesn't matter where you went. Like, guys are just really good at golf now from all over, no matter, like, if they were good junior or good in college. Like, they've just learned how to play. And that's kind of the first realization is, like, wow, like, everyone's really good. And it doesn't matter what you did in the past. It matters, like, what you're doing now. And it's learning the difference in college and pro golf was learning, you know, you got to go shoot 20 under every week to have a chance to make some money. So that was the biggest change, I guess. It's just seeing, you know, someone post eight under and you know, okay, well, I'm just going to have to go match that. So that was kind of, kind of difficult at first, but you, you learn, you learn the ropes. Yeah, definitely. And so as you make that transition, obviously it's something that a lot of players have to go through because there's not a, a bunch of guys going out in college tournaments and shooting, 24 under for a three round event but talk a little bit about some of the changes that you had to kind of make in your game whether that's mentality or trying to kind of sharpen up certain areas like as you make that transition what things are you kind of focusing on to help you make that jump in scoring um you better putt well or you're going to get laps is the is the main thing i would say you you just you got to putt well and you better like all these courses now everyone hits it so far like you're going to have six or seven wedge shots a day so you better know how far your wedges go and you better know how to putt and I, I feel like a prerequisite is if you're just not driving the ball far and straight like it's just you're in trouble like 
those are the three things that that's how you become great or, you know, not great. Those awesome. Three yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go to Q school, uh, web.com now, obviously made it through in one of the Q schools that has been talked about as, as one of the lowest scoring ones of all time. So being able to, to make it through that, like you talked about, make that transition and, and be able to go shoot some low numbers and understand that you're going to shoot 15 or 16 under and, and be kind of almost on that cut line. Uh, talk a little bit about the experience at Q school and, and kind of how the, the course setup was and, and just all the people going that low as well. Yeah, so it was, uh, I really didn't think the course was that easy, first of all, to be honest with you. It was, uh, it was kind of visually intimidating off the tee, but I, just because it's, you know, desert golf, and I've never really liked desert golf, so it's just, you know, out of play on both sides. So you got to, you just got to get over that and know you got to go make, you know, like you said, six birdies around or whatever. And I have my best friend in the world on the bag that I played at Georgia Tech with, Michael Hines, and he just kind of tried to keep me sane through the ups and downs that I was having, you know, all week. And he was a huge help, but yeah, the course was, it was, there was just a lot of wedges, like I said, and everyone was hitting it close and making a ton of putts. And it wasn't like even the easy holes, it was still stressful. Cause you're like, man, if I don't make a birdie here, I'm, I'm getting passed. So it was just constantly, constantly that stuff was going through your head, but fortunately I was able to get through. Definitely. Uh, and then what's the emotion like once you figure out that you have kind of secured some status and, and made it through that Q school when, when you figure that out, how, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going through your head when you realize that you're going to be on the web.com tour for 2019? That was a huge relief. I was so excited. It was probably the happiest moment of my life when I realized that I'd gotten my card, but then you don't, you don't really realize it. Um, no one really tells you you got like, two weeks to basically get all your sponsorships together, get all this stuff together, get your plane flights, figure out who's going to caddy for you. So it's just this whirlwind that you get in and it's, uh, it's a just, uh, it's a crazy time trying to make it to that first tournament and you got all this stuff going on. And so it's tough to really enjoy it. Cause then, you know, well, I only got eight starts, so still got to go continue to play good golf. It's not really time to celebrate. So there's a lot of that. Definitely. Uh, and so were you, were you kind of trying to, to coordinate that mostly by yourself? Like in those two weeks, are you trying to get everything together by yourself and trying to figure out flights and, and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff? Or do you have some people helping you and kind of taking a little bit of that off your plate? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to sign with an agent if, when you're kind of on the mini tours is like, what are they really going to be able to do for you? So that's, that's another part of the process, but I had a, a guy here, that really helped me a lot with all the sponsorship side of things. So I didn't have to worry about that as much. So I really just had to do the flights and hotels and figure out the caddy and kind of that stuff. So it wasn't as bad. That's good. That's good. Uh, and then you get started with the first couple events of the season. Uh, you guys are down uh, in the Bahamas, right? That's where you guys started at. Uh, yeah. And we've had a couple players on the podcast already who have already talked about Abaco a little bit and how kind of crazy conditions were down there. And, uh, all the kind of ups and downs of that week, but obviously a, a great finish there for you. Talk a little bit just about that experience and being able to to kind of get one of those big big finishes, high finishes, right right at the beginning. Yeah, so I uh, I played the first two rounds and it was like probably the worst I'd played in like the last two years. I was playing so bad. I actually apologized to my playing partners after the first round. I said, "I'm so sorry you had to watch that ball striking display out there." Because I mean, I was just duck hook slices like it was just embarrassing I was getting up and down for everywhere just making pars it was just really embarrassing the entire day and then 
it just something kind of clicked on the week and I made the cut. I, I finished like I was on the cut line, like maybe going to make the cut and finish like Eagle birdie birdie to like move up to 20th. And then I just played decent golf over the weekend in super brutal conditions and was just able to kind of work our way up. But it was, uh, it was a week that probably the toughest conditions I've ever played in just you get on the greens, you didn't know, I mean, you didn't even read the putts, whatever way the wind was blowing, you just hit it out that way and kind of hoped it pushed it back in. And I mean, the, some of the clubs we were hitting were just were ridiculous. Like you'd hit some eight irons from 80 yards, some gap wedges from like 170 yards. It was just, you just had to play what was happening. And it was, it was a lot of fun though, to be honest with you. Definitely. Uh, talk about your, your mindset during an event like that when conditions are so crazy. Obviously, you kind of get to, to lose track of the swing and not really having to think about how you're hitting it, but you're just trying to, to kind of hit shots and get the ball in the hole. But talk a little bit about the, the mindset when you're out there, you and your caddy, kind of what you guys are talking about over shots, how you're trying to, to think through stuff when conditions are that wild. Yeah, I mean, it was basically just we just got into a point where it's like pick a target and just make a swing towards that target and just kind of see where it ended up. I mean, that was all you could really do. Try to hit it as low as you could at that target and just hope for the best. And I mean, it was just, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it was, it was a lot of luck and a lot of different stuff that goes into some of those shots when it's blowing, you know, 40 miles an hour straight across. But I mean, it is what it is. And like you said, you don't have to worry about your swing as much. So that part's kind of enjoyable. You just, hitting shots and trying to, you know, shoot a score. Definitely. I think uh, the, the players who can just get back to, to playing golf, just like you do when you're a kid in those bad conditions are usually the ones who are successful. Um, I know for a lot of our players, we try to, to get them to just enjoy the bad conditions. If you can have fun during that time, you usually wind up pretty high on the scoreboard. But if you start worrying about the conditions and all the other stuff and what you're shooting, then usually you, you start to fall pretty fast. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the mind frame. Me and my, I had another buddy on the bag that week, and that's kind of what we had talked about going into the final round in the second to last group, I guess what it was. Um, just like, let's just go have fun. You know, it's it's ridiculous conditions, and let's just, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard, but everyone's doing it, and let's just, you know, kind of have an enjoyable day. Definitely. Um, and so we've talked a little bit about APT Tour and all those different things. Right now you're currently 11th in the 25. Uh, as a rookie through uh, a decent number of events have, have had a couple top tens and some things like that. So just talk about kind of what you feel like sitting where you're at right now, kind of how you think you've been able to just kind of step in and, and feel comfortable enough to shoot some good scores and not feel like you're uh, kind of having to work your way up. You kind of came in and established from the beginning that you were ready to go and, and seemed to at least be playing some good golf and, and having some high finishes. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's not a the, the competition. I would say is a whole lot different from the from the APT tour that I played. Like like I said, everybody hits it so good now, and everyone plays so well that it's just you're used to it, and you know nothing really changes. It's just the same. I mean, different guys, but doing the same stuff. And it was that's kind of how I treated it. Like nothing was changed, and I just tried to go, you know, play my golf. I felt like I was hitting it well. I've been hitting it well for a long time, and I'm just gonna. I can get the putter going a little bit, you know, things are going to be fine. So that's pretty much all I've been thinking about. Awesome. Uh, and so we talked a little bit before we started recording, but you've got a couple weeks off now. Uh, you're back at home being able to practice and, and get some good work in, take a little bit of rest and, and get prepared for the next stretch that you guys have of, of four weeks in a row. So talk a little bit just about what 
a day looks like when you're at home and have a little bit of a break, you're able to just kind of get some practice in and do some different stuff. What does a, a typical day in, in your life look like? Uh, I'd say like today was a pretty typical day. Just go to the gym at seven. I have the same trainer that I worked with at Georgia Tech. I still work with him. So I go in seven, do that stuff, kind of get loosened up. And then I went and saw my swing coach, pretty normal, do that once a week, just spend an hour, two hours, just trying to make sure everything's kind of where we want it, do some track man work, and then just play. I, I really hate practicing, to be honest with you. So I just try to play as much golf as possible. And it's perfect where I'm at the Golf Club of Georgia. There's, there's not a whole lot of play. So I can just swing it around there and do 18 or 36 a day. And I really enjoy that part. Awesome. Uh, so working with your swing coach, you said obviously at this point, it's, it's probably a lot more maintenance stuff and trying to make sure that you keep hitting it well and keep playing good. But what does that relationship look like when you're traveling or on the road? Do you still talk with him once a week, every round? What does it look like when, when you're traveling and you're not at home? What does that relationship look like? Yeah, I send him, send him a lot of videos. I, if, whether I'm hitting it really good or really bad, those are the videos I try to send them just so we kind of have a, a basis of where we want to be when things are good and what's wrong and things are bad. But, you know, I talk to him. He sends me like some decade stuff. I don't know if you know what decade lines yeah. are. With that. So he sends me those usually every week and we kind of talk about the course a little bit, just what I think, you know, some plays are and he'll ask me some stuff. And but other than that, I mean, it's just kind of a, he wants it to be very independent. He wants me to be able to fix my stuff. And so he tries not to be overly involved, which I, I definitely like, you know, because in the middle of your round, you can, a lot of things start going bad a lot of the time. So you gotta, you gotta be able to figure it out. So he doesn't want me to be dependent on him, which I think is a big help. For sure. Uh, and so the decade stuff, did you guys do that at Georgia Tech? Is that something that you picked up after you graduated? When did you, how long have you been working with, with the decade stuff? Yeah, they, uh, Coach Hepler got it our, I think my very last year here and I was I wasn't really a fan to be honest with you I like to go right at the pin but I've I've realized that that's that's why I score bad a lot of the time is that I'm you know a long pin I'm one hop in the green short pin I'm spinning back so it's just trying to commit to that stuff and I mean I don't do it like to the extent that I you know the decade stuff tells you to but I mean I really like the stuff off the tees and that kind of stuff. Definitely. And so decade is, is just looking a little bit more at your shot dispersion pattern and understanding where the smartest plays are off the tee and what flags you can attack and what flags you need to maybe pick a target that's a little bit more towards the center of the green, uh, just for those people that don't know. But definitely something that is popular in both the collegiate and pro golf right now. Um, it's a system that a lot of people use and, and are utilizing. Um, for you looking forward a little bit, uh, talk about what some of your goals are for this 2019 season, some of the things that maybe you're looking forward to. Um, maybe if there are, are any events web.com wise that, that you're excited about or places that you're excited to go. Uh, I, I had my very first college win at the Scarlet course in Ohio. So I'm really excited to go back there. It's the first playoff event too. So I think that that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most, but Outside of that, I mean, I don't really know any of the courses. Like you said, it's my first time, so I'm just kind of picking and choosing. But, you know, you got 20. I think we got 20 straight events coming up. So I don't know where and when I'm taking those breaks. But just try to figure it all out as it goes, I guess. 
Definitely. Uh, and so when you're out there playing and traveling, are you traveling with a consistent group of guys right now? Or are you spending your time with, with like a, a little group of guys or are you just kind of doing your own thing? How does it work when you're out on the road traveling to these different events? Do you have somebody who can help you figure out those courses at the beginning of the week? Since like you said, you haven't been out and, and played a full season and seen all the courses yet. Yeah, so I uh, I do all my traveling pretty much with Scotty Scheffler. We grew up in Dallas together. We're, I mean, we've known each other for a really, really long time, and we get along great, and we play all our practice rounds together. Um, and he's he's really good, so he's been a big help. You know, we just kind of feed off each other out there and talk about the courses and that kind of stuff. And we're both rookies, so, you know, we're, we're playing a little extra practice round or something trying to get to know these places. But I've had a lot of just friends on the bag. I haven't had anyone consistent yet, so I'm kind of kind of still on my own there, but trying to figure that part out. Definitely. Um, and is that something that you're kind of working towards, is looking for that consistent caddy that you can kind of travel with for the remainder of the season? Is that one of the things that, that you're looking into at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think getting a guy that – I mean, the longer you spend with people, you know, they start to understand your game and your tendencies and how far clubs go and stuff like that. So I think it's tough doing a week-to-week thing but it's just it's hard to find someone that wants to you know that's that's good that wants to do it on the web level is is the challenge that I'm finding for sure for sure um we'll talk a little bit just about maybe one of a story or an experience a tournament one of the things that that you've really enjoyed one of your favorite things that you've got to experience as a result of golf whether it's in college or professional, maybe even a junior event, just something that kind of sticks out. Like when you think of, of a golf story, it makes you smile every time. You, one of those things that you can kind of picture yourself back in that moment. Um, I think my senior year in college, we got the opportunity to go play a, a kind of like a match play team format at Cypress Point. And I had no idea what Cypress Point was. Like I thought it was just another club in California. Like I had no idea. And we got out there and it was the most special place and we ended up doing like a, I think it was like a alternate shot um, kind of or format, like alternate shot, best ball, that kind of stuff. And it was just, it was the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. I mean, that place is obviously so beautiful and my best experience is just, that's, I think it was 15 or this is a first par three. It's like 120 yards. And I hit like four iron in the line, make like a seven. The next hole is that, super hard par three hit driver in the water make a seven and it's just those are some experiences I'm never going to forget but it was it was so much fun for sure that's awesome uh well one other thing that just want to ask you about a little bit you mentioned it before uh but we do talk quite a bit about golf fitness on the podcast as well um and so just talk a little bit about what your workout routine looks like uh, obviously it's a little bit different at home and on the road, but when you're at home, talk about some of the stuff you do and then maybe talk about how that changes when you're traveling and, and at tournaments and at these different places. Yeah. So I've always been very on the flexible side. Like I forget what the, what the word is that they use for it, but probably uh, like hypermobile, hypermobile. There you go. <laughs> so I, got, I got a lot of that going on. So I do a lot of like actual strength work, you know, squatting, deadlifting, whatever it is, pretty normal workouts to try to get some stability back in there um, just so I don't get injured. And it's, it's helped a ton. Um, but then on the road, you know, my trainer would tell you I don't do much on the road. I'm, I'm supposed to do more, but there's just – you get so tired, it's tough. But we have, you know, elaborate stretching routine. We're just working on mobility and just basically trying to get loosened up for the rounds so you're not hurting anything. And, 
that's then recovery afterwards, but it's not, I don't do too much on the roads, not as much as I should at least. Awesome. Uh, and then just from like a, a personal standpoint, I'm always curious, what is it like, uh, like from a fitness aspect when you guys go to these different web.com tour events, is there a place for you to go like at the golf course? Do you guys kind of have to figure out your own thing? How does that work on the web as compared to some other things? Yeah, the web's actually, they're really, really good about it better than I thought they would be. There's, um, there's usually some type of training place at the, at the actual golf course, but if there's not, they've, like I remember in Florida or whatever they had, they made some deal with the LA fitness or wherever, wherever we are, they're going to have a gym for us now because it's become such a big part of golf. So I think it's, it's awesome what they're doing. Definitely. Uh, that's really cool. Appreciate you giving us some insight on that. Uh, we're on to a part of the podcast. Now we like to do for a little bit more fun. We do it with every guest. It's called the twilight nine. So we like to compare it to playing nine holes in the summer, uh, trying to beat the sun. So we're going to go nine questions, rapid fire. Uh, first thing that pops into your head, just go ahead and spit it back at me. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, go to pre-round meal. Hard boiled eggs. Uh, favorite on-course snack? RX bars. Uh, favorite golf course you've ever played? Augusta National. Best golf tournament to watch on TV? Masters. Nice. Uh, golf brand of choice? Titleist. What is your current pump-up song? That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> Anything Drake. Nice. Uh, what's the hardest exercise in the gym? The thing you hate to do the most? Uh, treadmill sprints today were probably the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the best movie of all time? Can be golf or otherwise. Goodwill hunting. And what's your favorite sports team? Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Uh, awesome. Well, that's our Twilight Nine. Just a little segment we like to do for a little bit more fun to get the guests to know you a little bit more. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, just have a couple more questions to kind of bring in a, a couple points to really make sure the listeners get the most out of this. So uh, one of the things we ask all the professional golfers that we interview is what would be one piece of advice you'd give to uh, a junior player who's wanting to pursue professional golf or a college player who's wanting to pursue professional golf, somebody who's not quite there yet, but that's their goal. That's what they want to do. What advice would you give them as they try to get prepared for that journey? Um, it's a tough one. It, I'd say find a swing coach as early on as you can and just it's stick with them. I think that's big. Don't go, you know, I love a lot of guys that go back and forth changing their swing. Like there's so many different swings out there. If you can just, if you can just kind of fine tune what you are, it's going to eventually work out if you just keep putting in the time. And then, like I said earlier, like you better put the time in around the green short game and then wedges are just, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to be really good. Awesome. Uh, and then one last thing, just go ahead and finish this sentence for me. Professional golf is a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Vincent. Real quick, let people know where they can follow along with you in your 2019 season. Just Vince Whaley, yeah. What do you... <laughs> awesome. So Twitter and Instagram will be down in the description box below. Obviously, you can follow along uh, with Vincent's season on the PGA Tour app as well. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. It was a lot of fun. i uh, love to, to get the inside and hear a little bit of your life on the web.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time.
Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Making the Turn. I want to give a huge shout out to Vincent Whaley for joining us on the podcast today. Vincent is somebody who was a great interview. He provided a lot of great insight into his time at Georgia Tech, as well as his life so far on the web.com tour. Really excited to see where Vincent's career takes him and watch his career take off. Uh, be sure that you give him a follow on social media. I'll be sure to link his Instagram and Twitter down in the description box below. Uh, once again, want to thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to the podcast, continuing to tune in. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe so that the newest episodes can come straight to your phone. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll be able to see new videos every week. Uh, also, just continuing to try to find some great guests for you guys. So if you have any suggestions or anybody you'd love to see come on the podcast, please feel free to drop that down in the comments below or to contact me. All my contact information will be in the description. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Making the Turn. I'm Vince Drummond, and I'm out of here.